Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is one of the most famous and historic churches in London. Behind me, just over that wall, you can still see the remains of a Roman pavement dating back to around 180 AD. And there's been a church on this site since the 6th century. So it's a privilege for us to be keeping alive that tradition and the message of Christ's love for all here today. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always a great pleasure to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the 20th Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, 
and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Oh, 
God, the giver of life, whose Holy Spirit wells up within your church, by the Spirit's gifts, equip us to live the gospel of Christ and make us eager to do your will, that we may share with the whole creation the joys of eternal life, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that made us whole. And with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep, that before its shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When he makes himself an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is bound to offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as for those of the people. And one does not take the honour upon himself, but he is called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. As he says also in another place, Thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard for his godly fear. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Or to be baptised with the baptism with which I am baptised? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptised, you will be baptised. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, 
You know that those who are supposed to rule over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great amongst you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man also came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. My late father-in-law was a very dear man and also a thoroughly good, kind and holy one. But he was also a tad set in his ways to the extent that some of his assumptions were so entrenched that they were almost impossible to dislodge which could, on occasions, cause some rather unfortunate misunderstandings. Take, for example, his absolute conviction that it was a truth universally acknowledged that all young children absolutely love baked beans and would rather eat them than anything else. Unfortunately, I managed to produce two offspring who really didn't like them at all and would sometimes refuse to eat them. But could I get the message across to my wonderful father-in-law? Not a hope. So whenever we would visit, we would regularly be greeted by him with immense warmth and delight and the news that the evening meal was ready and he'd got in some baked beans for the girls. Ah, I would say... I'm so sorry, but they're not actually very keen on baked beans. I don't suppose there's anything else they might have. Oh, absolutely no problem at all, he said. You see, I I bought plenty of beans. They can have as much as they like. But that was as nothing to one particularly memorable conversation I had with him after I let slip one day that... Because a friend of ours who was coming to us on Christmas Day happened to be vegetarian, we would be having a vegetarian Christmas dinner that year. He simply could not process that information. And the ensuing conversation went something like this. Father-in-law. So, your friend will be having vegetarian while you eat the turkey. Me. Uh, No, we're all going to eat vegetarian. Father-in-law looked very puzzled, but suddenly light dawns. Ah, so you'll be having the turkey after the vegetarian food. Me. Nope, we're all eating vegetarian. Father-in-law. So, when are you eating the turkey then? Me. Me. We're not having turkey at all. We're all eating vegetarian. Father-in-law, by now completely baffled, so what are you doing for Christmas dinner then? Now, what I always found interesting and perplexing about those kinds of exchanges was that the basic idea that I was attempting to communicate was actually a remarkably simple one that my children didn't like baked beans, or that, unusually, we would not be having turkey for Christmas that year. But he could not get his head around either of them because those concepts were so far removed from his fundamental assumptions about how the world works, hence his utter incomprehension. In similar vein, I sometimes reflect that the single biggest problem that people have in getting to grips with the Christian faith is not that it's difficult or complicated. On the contrary, it's actually incredibly, astonishingly and radically simple. The difficulty is 
that what Christ taught goes so completely against everything that the world assumes is the case that it can be hard for people to set aside those assumptions and do the necessary and radical rethink, still less suspend their disbelief long enough to give it a go. But once you do make that basic step of starting to see the world through different eyes, through the eyes of Christ, then suddenly it all begins to make perfect sense, contrary to everything that you're expecting. But the difficulty that people have with understanding what the gospel is all about is not actually a new problem. On the contrary, it goes back to the time of Jesus himself. One might very easily assume that the disciples had it easy. After all, they had Jesus in their very midst. They followed him, they watched him, they listened to him, they saw him do remarkable things. And yet, as we see in today's gospel reading, they still found it unimaginably hard to get their heads around the fact that Jesus did things very, very differently. Let me set the scene for our gospel reading. Jesus is traveling with the 12 disciples towards Jerusalem. He has already explained to them very explicitly on two separate occasions that it is his destiny to be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes who will condemn him to death and have him handed over to the authorities who will humiliate him, torture him, put him to death. And after three days, he will rise again. But just so they really do get it, he then takes them aside for a third time and explains it to them all over again. And yet, believe it or not, it is immediately after he has done that for the third time that two of his very closest followers, James and John, come up to him and make the following request. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you, they say to him. And he replies, what is it that you want me to do for you? And they respond, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left. At which point, it is not hard to imagine the inward groan as Jesus thinks to himself, oh my life, they still haven't understood anything. After all this time, they still think it's all about glory and high office. If they really could get their, their heads around what it is that lies ahead of me, the very last thing that they would be doing is insisting that they were in the very thick of it. And so Jesus says to them very patiently, you do not understand what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Yes, of course, they reply, still not understanding anything at all. So Jesus says to them, okay, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant when dealing with the things of God, we should be very careful about what we ask for because we might well be given it, only to discover that the end result is not at all what we are expecting. It is so tempting to deride James and John for their blindness and lack of comprehension. But are any of us really much better? Even within the church's ministry, 
There are clergy who are utterly seduced by the temptations of status and high office, or embittered because they think they have been overlooked, or simply regular churchgoers of all denominations who behave towards one another in ways that are completely inconsistent with the fundamental charge that Jesus gave to us to love one another. So what is the gospel all about? Jesus teaches us that we are loved and forgiven totally and utterly and absolutely for no other reason than we are his precious children. All we have to do is to open our hearts to receive that love and, as a result, receive the chance to start living in a different kind of way, no longer imprisoned by the rules and expectations of a world that values the superficial, the corrupting, and all the things that slowly drain the life away from us, the things that are so seductive but ultimately mean so very little. Instead, we are charged to learn what it means to live a life of love. And although that is a very costly journey, a journey that brings with it none of the kinds of rewards that the world recognizes and values, nevertheless, it is the one journey that will bring us true peace and true freedom. The life of love that Jesus embraced led him ultimately to the cross, where he drew to himself the very worst evils of which human beings are capable of inflicting upon one another. And he did so, so that the cycles of violence and counter-violence could at last be broken. Because however great the evils that were flung at him, in the end, the love that he personified was the greater. It was the kind of love that requires us to rethink absolutely everything we ever thought we knew about what truly matters in life. In the words of a W.H. Vanston poem, later turned into a hymn that I turn to often, Drained is love in making full, bound in setting others free, poor in making many rich, weak in giving power to be. Therefore he who shows us God helpless hangs upon the tree, and the nails and crown of thorns tell of what God's love must be. Here is God, no monarch he, throned in easy state to reign. Here is God, whose arms of love, aching, spent, the world sustain. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory, to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. 
We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for women of all ages, all over the world, from birth to 105, that they may feel safe inside and outside their homes at all times of the day and the night. We pray that they may feel secure in crowds and in quiet, secluded, wooded spots, where the sounds they hear are those of nature rather than danger. We pray, dear Lord, that women may never be subject to the scourge of domestic abuse, denied access to education and training, and regarded as chattel rather than as human beings with equal human rights. We pray for all those working in the media who risk their lives, keeping us informed about what occurs in regions where women are treated with disdain rather than dignity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, dear Lord, for children in need, children in care, children who are abused and neglected, children whose pained voices are never heard. Help us to help them find security and love, a caring family. We pray, Heavenly Father, for young people who are trapped in a quagmire of crime, drugs and knives. May they find you in their hearts and souls and follow you always along the path of salvation. We pray for our children at half term. May they enjoy the fruits of learning and talk and walk and run and laugh and play with their friends and family. We pray for all those suffering from short and long COVID and other serious illnesses who feel frightened and alone. May faith in you, dear Lord, help them to heal. We pray for honesty, clarity and humility in government at home and abroad. In light of our Christian community, we pray for our Sunday Club children, pleased that they are with us in church once again, sharing their artistic talents. We pray for Alison and Jeff, Robin, a verger, our staff, our church wardens, our PCC, the Guild of St. Brides and our choir. We pray for Terence, who came to St. Brides for the first time just over 71 years ago, when the church was little more than a bomb site. We pray for our visitors, each other, and the online St. Brides community across the oceans. May we shake the hands of our online visitors in spirit. Dear Lord, as we enjoy the season of mists and mellow fruitfulness and watch our natural world rest and go to sleep, may we take the time to forgive each other for our faults and sins throughout the past. May we, following in the Christian spirit, act for the good of others, Share what we have with those who have not. Feast on the joy of giving and cherish our friendships, old and new. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for, for the sake, sake of your, your Son, Son, our, our Saviour, Savior, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. God our Father, whose Son, the light unfailing, has come from heaven to deliver the world from the darkness of ignorance, let these holy mysteries open the eyes of our understanding that we may know the way of life and walk in it without stumbling. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.